Someone's got some inside oil around Sonny Bill Williams. Nigel Yodden asked the question. He joins us now. Gee, what, a less than a day on the ground, and you're already working, Nigel. Welcome to the big job. Well, that, that's how it rolls with these sort of things, Darcy. You know that yourself, mate. You've been there, done that. Yeah, not at a World Cup. Hey, look, tell us all about this SBW thing first and foremost. So you got the idea when you watch a guy, when you watch someone commenting and you see how they react to questions, i.e. Steve Hansen, uh, do you think that we've just gone off half-cocked with a Sonny Bill situation? He's he's fully fit? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I really had hard to have a, a decent sort of a gauge of it, um, whether he is fully fit. I, I never got that impression from the answer. I can tell he was very frustrated with the rumours that had been floating around. Um, and I'll be honest with him, it's sort of I was on a plane and sort of arrived to a, you know, just an explosion of text as soon as my, my phone, the, the global roaming sort of kicked in on my phone. So I wasn't aware of sort of what had been said, reported, speculated, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's, I think there probably is an element of frustration to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, overall, it kind of, I, I, I suspect that he may not be at full fitness, but I definitely don't think he was overly chuffed with the fact someone was speculating he was on his way home. Talking about full fitness, uh, your thoughts, obviously you got this after you arrived as well, or was it just before you left uh, around the Luke Jacobs situation? It's uh, tough as for the big fella, but I suppose they had to do it. Do you feel like they were on the right path by selecting them in the first place and this was just something that turned up unannounced, or do you think they maybe thought that, I don't know, we, 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 what's your position on this? Well, I mean, the, the, the young man has got a history with regards to concussion. Um, missed a, uh, a missed the entire national provincial competition. I think it was last year. It took a very long time to get onto the field. Um, after that, uh, but when he did, you know, he, his, his play was absolutely outstanding, and he was right in the mix as a result to that. There, so you can't really sit there and say that it had sort of snuck up to any sort of degree. Um, but but the, the the fact remains is is that you know he presented initially with no issues he's got over here and now these issues have come up and that is something that does happen when you are talking about you know um, concussions and the like so I mean from from that point of view I mean I thought he deserved to be in there um, as a guy you know you can obviously play sort of six can play eight can play seven but doesn't actually sort of um, wasn't going to be needed to in this particular setup I mean I, th- I thought he deserved to be there so very disappointing he's a young man though we know the talent that he's got and so he is going to, you know, most definitely be in the mix of future World Cups. All Blacks are overwhelmed with support since they arrived, including Steve Hansen, which is wonderful to see. What's your initial impression of what's happening in Japan? From the minute you turned your roaming on, you climbed off the plane and you got into Japan. Is there a World Cup going on there, Nigel? It's hard to get a real gauge on it because today it's a it's public holiday. <laughs> um, so, so I guess everyone's very, very dis- distracted at the moment because it appears as though Floyd Mayweather the Junior has just turned up to the hotel that the All Blacks are staying at, where I'm currently talking to you from. Um, so there's a bit of excitement sort of running around uh, outside here at the moment. Um, but you know, it's it, it's hard to get a real gauge. Uh, as I said, public holiday today, so Elliot and I went out walking to get a few things and try and sort out sort of some of the local stuff that you got to sort out when you get on the ground. You're staying for an extended period of time. Um, and, you know, so there's no bodies around, there's no real feel for it. So I can't really give you a real decent sort of a sense to it. But, you know, speaking with Sam Whitelock just after his press conference, he was just saying about how, um, for them, you know, at where they've been staying down country, you know, every day 150, 200 people just outside the hotel alone and not sort of wanting, 
you know, vast amounts of stuff. It's, you know, just to say hello or wave, um, you know, the odd photo, that sort of a thing. So the interest is most definitely there. But from my point of view, just haven't had the chance to really see it because arriving late and then public holiday today. Nigel Yeldon uh, joins us. He's currently over in Japan covering the Rugby World Cup. He'll be there for some time, we'd like to think. You got, I know you've only just arrived uh, and you've been through that press conference and we'll hear some cuts from Steve Hansen sooner rather than later. Have you got any idea around what kind of team is going to be announced on Thursday, where the All Blacks are, are headed, where they're appointing with that selection? There's been so much rumour around about what the South Africa is going to bring and how mm. we're going to, I suppose, fight against that. Have you got any, any hints on what actually might be selected on, on Thursday? No, I think you see something very similar to what you saw for that Australian test. I think that's probably the, the real gauge, the real line um, to, to look at. Um, from that point of view, you know, ask Steve Hanson, you know, the, these are guys that talk a lot about, you know, clarity and, you know, wanting understanding of where they're at here. That said he had a very clear vision in his mind as to what their best team would look like. And I don't think it would be too dissimilar to the one that went out and destroyed Australia just quietly. Um, possible change, obviously, in midfield, depending on the severity. Um, or, you know, if, if Sonny Bill does past muster, you've then got, you know, Jack Goodhue to throw into the mix as well. So there's some, and then you've got, you know, guys in form. You know, Ryan Crotty was very good in his efforts, you know, having played 65 minutes um, of Test Match Rugby. Um, Anton Leonard-Brown's arguably going to be the best midfielder in New Zealand all year. So you'd suspect he's got to be into that particular mix as well. So, you know, midfield again, it's been the conundrum pretty much all the way through the year to this point. It could be another conundrum again. But the rest of it, though, you look at it and you kind of think to yourself, well, it's, you know, a few bodies to sort of slide back into the mix. Some of those guys who sat out that game in Tonga, um, but I think the side that ran out against um, Australia, if you use that as your base, I reckon you're not going to be too far off the mark. Yeah, well, one last thing, Nigel. I've often talked about this, and I'm interested around people so head up about what happens in this first up match against South Africa in the pool match. I believe it's not really about where they end up should they win or lose because we don't know what's going to happen in the other particular games in the pool as to who we're going to end up with a mm. quarterfinal. So I'm not quite sure about that discussion. I'm more interested in the, the psychological scars each team would receive or harbour should they take a beating from another. What, what's on the line for this particular game, if you take it from that angle, Nigel? Well, top of the pool. I mean, you always want to finish top of your pool. That's a psychological thing as well. Remember, the All Blacks haven't been beaten in pool play at a Rugby World Cup, ever. They, they haven't lost one. They've only ever been beaten in, in, in knockout games. Um, so there would be that possible little psychological scar for the All Blacks to endure if that were to be the case. But these two teams have just been so even. And so, and, and Steve Hansen mentioned as well, I mean, you know, today a loss would not be ideal, but it's not terminal. You know, we saw France lose two games in poor play in 2011 and still make the decider. So there is that little realistic tinge to this particular encounter. But the simple fact is, it is it's, it's New Zealand versus South Africa. Um, 99th time, you know, such an amazing storied rivalry. Everyone wants to be part of it. Um, and, you know, we have seen these last, uh, well, um, since the 57 um, thumping in Albany, well, we've seen a, a game decided by a point, another one decided by two, another one decided by two, and the last one, they couldn't split them. So, you know, that, that just shows you exactly where these two teams are at at the moment. It's going to be highly anticipated. Uh, I think it'll be, arguably, it's, whilst there are other, you know, very good teams playing other very good teams, this, this, is, the, this is clearly the big game of the opening weekend of the Rugby World Cup, and there are going to be all eyes on that one there. So a win, 
you know, a little bit of psychological damage, maybe, but it's not terminal to your World Cup chances. Um, but I, I think there is a little bit more riding on than normal. And we're looking forward to putting our eyes on it and wrapping our ears around it as well through your mouth, our radio sport coverage of 2019 Rugby World Cup with Harvey Norman. Nigel Yeldon, thanks very much for yours. I'll be sure and keep your phone on. We're not going to leave you alone. Not a problem, Darcy. Anytime, brother.